does anybody remember what the word that I give, gave, that the Lord put on our heart, that two years ago, not 2019, but 2018, what was the word that was given into our church? It starts with an I. No. Good, though. It starts with an I. Intentional. Wow, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Good job. 2018 was being intentional. Everything we need to do, intentional. Intentional, looking at people. Does anybody know what last year, 2019's word was? What is it? Excellence. Excellence. Right? We like to do things with excellence. That doesn't mean we are searching for perfection. Perfection is not excellence. We think oftentimes we are not looking for uh, uh, to be successful. Excellence and being successful are two different things. Okay? Excellence. But you know what this word, this year's word is for 2020? Advancement. Advancement. You know what? You know what the eye doctor tells you um, when you have 20-20 vision? That means you have what? Perfect vision. Correct? Now, the word advancement, right, means to move forward. Does it not? You cannot move forward if you cannot see clearly. True? So the year 2020, we must have perfect vision clear vision so that we can advance, move forward. That's perfect. We can move forward. We can advance forward. So I want you to look with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. Can you hand me that water? Chapter 14 of Exodus. Thank you. <clears throat> and then, yes, chapter 14 of Exodus. And verse 14. All right? But before we, uh, let's read this. The Lord will fight for you and shall, shall hold your peace. Okay, so wait. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go, what? To go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Let's look at verse 15 again. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. And the Lord says, I want you to put your name in it. And the Lord says, Lam, why are you crying to me? Right? Move forward. Now, I want you to put your name in it. And the Lord says, put your name in it, Jeremiah, why are you crying to me? Move forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Bless your word. Help us. Anoint our minds we may understand, our hearts we may receive, our ears that we may hear. Allow us to be 2020. Lord, bless the hearer today in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to call this sermon Advance Forward. But really, I had another label for it, and I changed it. I wanted to call it Get It Moving. <laughs> okay? Get It Moving. 
okay? Here, the story of Exodus chapter 14, and I'm going to give you the history of it. They had already uh, uh, dealt with the plagues that Moses had came to the Pharaoh and said to Pharaoh, 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 let my people go. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And there were a lot of plagues. There was the plagues of water turning into blood. There was a plague of, of <clears throat> all kinds of things, of death angel coming, killing the firstborn. There was the plagues of frogs and gnats and, and the sky, all these things, okay? And finally, the Pharaoh let the children of Israel go after hundreds of years of slavery. Now, I want to tell you that Egypt at one time was a place of blessing. It was a place of blessing. It was where Joseph brought his father and his brothers and dealt or, or, or lived in the place uh, of Egypt. And that place was plentiful because where they came from was a famine. But yet after a while, 400 years, the children of Israel became enslaved. Uh, they were slaves for a long time. Uh, that means that a place where they were supposed uh, to be blessed years ago, that blessing is now become a burden and it bound them from their destiny. And so when Moses came on the scene, he was about 80 years old, and he was born in the Pharaoh's house. He lived like a king. He understood the Egyptians' language. And I, I told you again about the revelation I got that when the Bible says that he was slow of speech or slow of tongue, it is because he did not understand. God gave me a revelation. He did not really speak that language of the slave, which was Hebrew, but he spoke the language of the Egyptian because he was royalty. He grew up in the royal king's house. He ate at the king's table. He ate and he walked uh, and was clothed with the king's clothes. And yet here Moses comes back and tells them, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. And finally the Pharaoh went after much uh, hesitation and plagues and all kinds of things. They, the Bible says that the children of Israel took out all of the wealth of Egypt and carried it out on their backs. Did you know what it, really in a saying like this, they broke the bank of Egypt. Just imagine Chase Bank, we can break it and just, just say, go ahead, take my stuff, take all my gold, take all my silver, take all my copper, whatever you can carry. They loaded it up and started walking out and they ended up uh, at the, uh, the Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them. And this is where they were freaking out. Okay, this is where they were freaking out because here they looked at the ocean or the sea and behind them, the enemy is going to kill them. And this is the problem with uh, uh, many times that uh, we deal with things. It is because, you know what the people began to say? said, Moses, why didn't you just leave us alone and we could have just been slaves? Now we're going to be buried in this wilderness. It's better to be a slave than to be dead. I think most people would agree in some cases. 
I don't know about you, but they were saying, I'd rather be a slave than be buried in the wilderness. But Moses was saying, stop it. It's because God has a plan and a purpose for your life and for my life. And that God is not finished with you. And the problem with most people, just like the Israelite, while they dream about freedom, while they dreamed about the destiny of God, when they are in the midst of a, a rock in a hard place, their mind began to look back and say, well, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad that we were beaten. It wasn't so bad that we were abused. It wasn't so bad that the uh, slave masters raped our women and our daughters. It wasn't so bad that uh, uh, every night we had to sleep and uh, some of our backs are bleeding from the whips of the master. Uh, it wasn't so bad that um, uh, we got the worst of the crops and, and were giving the worst of the groceries. It wasn't so bad that we had to uh, clean up after uh, the Egyptians and they looked down on us and we were enslaved. This is the things that they were saying that they missed because they were staring at the Red Sea. Brothers and sisters, for you and I, we must understand that for us, we have to always move forward because God is trying to get you and me to the destiny that he has because he said, I know the thoughts I have towards you to give you a hope and an expected plan, expected end, an expected destiny. You know, oftentimes um, uh, when we are trying to do the things of God, we are trying to get to the promised land like them. There are trials and tribulation. There are times where they're in the wilderness. They look forward and said, where do we go? We feel like we're stuck. How are we going to go there? And the enemy is there. What do you do when that happens? Have you, has, there, has anyone here ever felt stuck? Has anyone here ever felt like God is not going to come through? It's okay. If he, yeah, it's okay. Because there are times, just like the children of Israel, they felt stuck. They felt like, you know what, if we go over the sea, we cannot swim. There, the sea is too big. And if we go uh, and, and the enemy is coming, what do we do? And so they were stuck between their place, the rock, and the enemy. They were stuck between a rock and the enemy. And yet their destiny is right there through a place they know they have no capability of overcoming. Brothers and sisters, there are things in our life that you and I will never have the ability within our physical self to overcome. Did you know that? Have, have you ever uh, been in uh, um, a place where you know everything you've tried, all of your talent, all of your intellect, all of your education, all of your physical strength, you could not overcome? And that is the children of Israel. They could not overcome the Red Sea, nor did they have weapons to overcome the army. Uh, they had women, they had children. Many of the men and the women had responsibilities. They're looking at their little kids and they're saying, Lord, am I going to die and my children going to die here in the wilderness? And there comes to a point in our life, what do we do when we are stuck between a rock and a hard place? We would say it like that, get it moving. And Moses said, Lord, you hear these people. And the Lord says, why are you crying to me? 
Why are you crying to me? Why? Why don't you lift up your hands and speak to something that's impossible? You know, oftentimes the Bible says this, that with men, things are impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. You know, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you right now that while the Egyptians uh, 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 are behind them and they're looking at the impossibility, um, but we have to be able to speak things that are not as if they are. Start speaking to your situation. I told you, if you're not feeling well, say, I refuse to be sick. I refuse to be sick. I refuse for this Red Sea to stand in my way. I refuse that finance is going to keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do. I refuse the things that I see with my physical eye, and by faith, I'm moving forward. Brothers and sisters, you have to advance forward, and that starts, and I'm going to give you three things. The first thing to advance forward is the, the first thing that must happen, it is in your mind. That word mind there, I want to put it like this. I want you to put the word mind, if you keep in notes, slash will, W-I-L-L. Your mind is dictating your will. See, you have to have in your mind to make a calculation, okay, either I'm going to die with the sword of the enemy or I'm going to trust God and walk through this Red Sea. You know, it, it, could you imagine, have anybody here ever seen the old Ten Commandment movie with uh, Charleston Heston? And it's cool back in the, those days that he lifted up his hand and you could see the water. Did you know that while they looked at the miracle, but I can imagine there were people say, well, what if I walk in the middle of that and the water comes down on me? You see? You know, I, uh, there are people that in the midst of the miracle, they still doubt God. Wait a minute. That's the miracle, and you still doubt God? What if I walk in the middle? I'm not going. There are many people that don't want to advance forward is because their mind has not made the choice to say, God, I'm going to live for you. If I die with you, it's better than dying with the enemy. See, for us to advance forward, we have to make this choice with our mind. Brother said, look at what it says, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have that script up there? I'm sorry. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That you may prove. Did you know the children of Israel, until they made the choice with their mind to move into the Red Sea, they couldn't prove the glory of God, the goodness of God, the perfect will of God. Brothers and sisters, people are looking at you and that when you make a choice uh, to advance forward, when you make a choice to move with God, when you make a choice to live for Him, no matter how hard it is, no matter if you got everything going wrong, that it, your comfort level is gone, you have nothing to lose, and even your life you will lose. You have to make a choice, and when you do, you will be proving the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You cannot prove God's acceptable and perfect will in your life until you make a choice in your mind. You know, there's an old saying that 
You can take a man, let's say you can take a man out of a place, but you can't take a mind. That means physically he could be out of a situation, but mentally his mind is still there. I'm going to tell you a story. There's a very, a pretty well-known soccer player from South America, from Brazil, okay? The only five World Cup soccer winning country in the world, okay? Five times. I know my wife wanted me to say that. But five times, okay? They're the only one that's had five World Cup wins of any country in the world. And there was a young, a young man who was a uh, grew up in the hood, in the ghetto of Brazil. We call it the favelas. He was, just imagine how good he must be to play for the national team of Brazil, okay, in the World Cup. You've got to be so good because, you know what, soccer is like religion down there, right? I mean, the whole country stops when the national team plays. And he was considered one of the best ever. I've seen him play. And I remember watching him. I said, man, that guy is good. And he grew up uh, around the favelas. He grew up around drugs and gangsters and, uh, and all these things. Did you know that today, of all the wealth and notoriety, uh, the fame that he got for playing the team, did you know he's back in the favelas selling drugs? See, the problem is you could take a person physically, you and I, you could be sitting in the pews right now. You could be watching me on the video right now. You can physically be there, but mentally your mind is somewhere else. See, many people say, well, I'm in church, Pastor. I know, but your mind isn't. See, for us to advance forward, we have to change and allow God to change this mind. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to change your mind. Or we would say like this, you need your mind to be renewed. Tell them, you need your mind to be renewed. My wife shared with me a story, and she said that she was sharing with me this story, and I want to share this with you. There was an article written in the Christian magazine. And it says that when you and I, when a human being reads the scripture once a week, okay, most people only read their Bible on Sunday when the pastor is quoting it, right? They said that they took a brain scan of a person or people when they only read the scripture once a week. There's seven days. Once a week they read it. Did you know that your brain doesn't do anything? When you read it, there's no activity. But when you read it three to four times or minimum three times or more a week, they say that they can see your mind, the activity of your brain changing. It is like working out. I told my wife it's like working out. If you only work out once a week, you won't see much results. It's true. You know what the doctors say? You know what my cardiologists say? He says, he tells me, he's a pastor, you have to have, you have to work out minimum three days a week. Because if you only work out on Sunday, you won't see results. And that's the problem with people. 
is physically they're there, but mentally their mind is the same. And so you cannot advance forward until there is a renewing of your mind. And so if you want a renewing of your mind, you need to read the scriptures, the word of God, at least three times a week. Yeah. If, imagine if you work out oh, three times a week and there's results. I, I work out three times a week. I've seen results. My wife looked at me the other day. She said, honey, you look pretty good. I say, I felt good about that. Got to keep up with my wife. Right? But how many people here work out, and if you only work out once a week, how are you going to see the change? So, brothers and sisters, how are your mind and my mind are going to see the change? And we keep saying, Lord, renew my mind. But you only read God's word once a week. Did you know I read, and I, this is not bragging, I'm not boasting, I'm not trying to condemn you. But you know I try to read scriptures every day. Even if I only have five minutes, I have my scripture on my smartphone. And I'm reading it. I've got a thing that pops up and, re and gives me the daily scripture, and I read it. And there's people, I know people love me so much, they send me texts of scripture. Like, Pastor, you need me to read more scripture. I don't even know these people. I'm okay with it. The only way you and I and our mind can be renewed is by reading the scriptures more than once a week. Brothers and sisters, read it three times a week. There is scientific proof that your mind will change. There's scientific proof that if you work out more than at least three times a week, your body will change. If you only work out once a week, your body's not going to change. I don't care how hard you work out. It's not changing. Okay, that's why going to church once a week isn't enough just to get your scripture on. You've got to keep it moving. You have to advance by going home and looking at the notes and looking at the scriptures I've given you. That's why it's important to take notes and write it down and meditate. That's why it says meditate on the word of God day and because that's the only way. Imagine if you, let me ask you something. What if your children go to school just once a week? We have a school teacher amongst us, a couple of them. Uh, teacher Lynn, uh, if your student just went to your class once a week, if you only see them school one day a week, do you think they're going to change? Are, is there going to be knowledge? No, their mind is not going to change. And so many people do this to themselves that they think that, yes, the word of God is powerful. Yes, the word of God can do things and move mountains. Yes, miracles can happen. But brothers and sisters, you don't just eat once a week. You could do that temporarily. But if you did that for a year, just eat once a week, you will be gone. You could barely make it. You won't have the physical strength to do the things that you do. You won't even be able to, hey, I've gone on long fast. Let me tell you, there's a reason you stop at 40 days. And I've heard people through miraculous things uh, that have done it for 70 days. Well, glory to God, but you couldn't do that beyond a year. Go ahead and do it a year. You couldn't. You couldn't advance forward. There's a lot of times our mind is what's holding us back. 
and we are trying to get your mind to re be renewed. It's just like the children of Israel. They were physically there, but mentally they were not in the promised land. And everybody that was 20 and above could not go into the promised land. It's because they're too set in their ways. Are you too set in your ways? I only have three things. First thing is the mind, your will. You've got to get in to your heart or your mind, the Word of God. Read the Word of God minimum three, four days a week, please. Coming to listen to me, reading the scripture on Sunday isn't enough. What about Monday through Saturday? I'm good, but I'm not that good. God's word is good only if you eat it. The second thing is I call the heart. The heart I would put here is your belief. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Look at your neighbor. If you can believe, all things are possible to you. Come on, tell them. If you can believe, all things are possible. See, God told Moses, why are you crying to me, Moses? Lift up your hands, lift up your rod, and if you believe that, that ocean, that Red Sea was part it will part. Brothers and sisters, we are moving. We are advancing. It doesn't matter people that are going with us or not. We are advancing. See, advancing starts with your mind. Then you have to get that mind into belief. Because the minute your mind is able to will and say, I will continue, I will move forward with this church. I will move forward with this pastor. I will move forward this vision. I will move forward my life. I will move forward in my spirit. Then when you begin to believe that, and when they begin to believe it, it begins to be part of them. It begins to be part of you. You will be part of you. See, when you believe something, it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes who you are and not what you do. See, a lot of times people say, oh, uh, is Christianity what you do? No, it's not what I do. It is who I am because now I don't just make a choice in my mind. I believe that Christ is the true and only living God. There's reasons why people don't go to church. There's reasons why people aren't Christians anymore. It's because somewhere along the line, their mind hasn't been renewed. And because it hasn't been renewed, their belief system is within themselves. It's funny. I, I want to tell you a funny joke in the middle of this. There was a judge that listened to, and this is real. This is so funny. There was a judge that just rejected <clears throat> an application for an atheist church. And they were mad about it. An atheist church. Like, what? They, he, he rejected their, their application to be a church, but they're atheists. You see, you see how people's minds, when, when it's not renewed, certain things just 
doesn't make sense. And, and we laugh. And when I read that article, it, he, he's right by rejecting it. Why does an atheist who don't believe there's a God need a church? We laugh, but how many times in our mind that when it's not renewed, our belief system is messed up? I'm going to share with you a very personal um, conversation I had with the Holy Spirit when we're done. And as I, I share with you, it brought me tears to my eyes as I was listening to the Holy Spirit speak to me. <clears throat> when your mind, you willfully do then your heart starts believing. Then the last thing is, it becomes physical. Physical. You know what that physical means? It causes you to move. Hello. James 2.26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Wow. You see... When you have the choice in your mind, I will, I will love my wife, I will love my husband, I will love my kids, I will love this church, I will love my pastor, I will go to work. When your mind is willing and making that choice to go to work, what do you do? You believe that work is good for you, right? You believe that you made the right choice. And when you make that right choice, your body is moving to work. Hello? You see, when you make that choice in your mind, it starts here. No matter if you understand it or not, you have to believe that God has the best interest for you. See, the problem with the children of Israel kept complaining to Moses is because their mind made a choice, and then so because their mind don't think that God can do it, their belief in God was not there. That's why they kept complaining. Having understanding with my children is there are times where in their mind they make a choice. But I tell them that when you believe that mom and dad have the best interest for you, then you will move. See, the problem is we don't believe so that our physical body reacts or don't react. That's why when we don't believe that God says that if you give, it shall be given unto you. That's why physically we hold on to our pocketbook or hold on to our digital bank account or hold on. That's why when we don't believe that others love us, it's hard for us to hug them. Or when we don't believe that God, that we deserve love, it's hard for us to receive love. Because when you believe, when your mind makes a choice to say, God, I know that your word is real. It begins to renew. And then when you believe it, it goes from this brain down to your heart. When you believe it, you'll put action to it. You'll put action to it. You will put action to your belief. You know, there are a lot of times God does things I don't understand. I'm just, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand how he can love someone like me. I don't understand how all the times I've messed up, he still blesses me. I don't understand. I don't understand of all the qualified people in this world, he chose me. I don't understand how he brought a beautiful lady into my life and gave me three beautiful kids. I don't understand that. I'm not saying that just to get a kick, but I really don't understand that. 
See, brothers and sisters, there are, it doesn't matter if you understand it up here. It only matters if you believe it here. It's because it has nothing to do with you. It has to do is because of his goodness, because you are his son and you're his daughter. See, we have to advance, and this year, it's a year of advancement. You know what the word advancement means? It means an act of moving forward. That's easy. But also promotion in rank or standing. Promotion in the spirit is the anointing and the presence of God upon your life. You know, as leaders, you want to be leader? Leaders stand out. You want to be leader? Leader have a certain thing that they do. You want to be a leader? You have to carry yourself. You have to believe that God has called you to that position. You have to know that leadership lives in a different standard. You have to know for us to advance, even in your job, your job, if you want to excel in your job, if you want to get a promotion, you have to do things that normal workers don't do. You can't complain when it's 501 and you're like, how come I can't go yet? You can't complain when the boss asks you, can you stay extra tonight because we got to have pride. No, I can't. It's 501. No, no, you will never get promoted. Why? It's because your action, your physical, is not indicating a standard of advancement. You see, brothers and sisters, this is the year of advancement, advancing forward, moving forward. Don't allow your past. I want to give you a couple of quotes, and I'm going to be done after this testimony. I want to give you a quote by a man by the name of Victor Kim. He says this. Even if you fall on your face, he's talking about moving forward. Even if, you're fall, if you fall on your face, you're still moving forward. <laughs> you know, even if you fall on your face, you're still moving forward. You know what that tells me? Start moving. Get going. Do something. Have it. Well, I don't know, Pat. What if I fail? Can't think like that. You know why? What if you fall on your face? You're still further than where you were. Dr. Steve Mirabali said this, don't let your history interfere with your destiny. See, uh, there, uh, I remember one <clears throat> uh, guest we had here. They, she came up to me. I spoke to her after service a few months ago. And she said, Pastor, I love coming to your church. I said, why? He goes, every time I come, there's something different. You're always trying something. I said, I know. I spoke to Pastor Peter about that. I said, let's try. If it don't work, so what? At least we tried. Guess what? Would you lead? Don't, don't think I don't have enough. Would you lead a cell group? Would you lead a life group? Would you get a friend? Would you invite your friend to come to the Women Empowerment Conference? Would you invite somebody? Would you just say, hey, you know what? I want you to come, and I know I don't know you too well, but I want you to come. I think you're going to be blessed. I know. I love what Pastor Rick Warren says. We are healed, healed to help others. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to serve, not to sit around and wait for heaven. Wow. Pastor Rick Warren, I want to read that again. We are healed, brothers and sisters, to help others. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. We are saved to serve. 
Not to sit around and wait for heaven. See, I can't do everything in this church. I can't do everything. <clears throat> and I cried to the Lord, and the Lord said, why are you crying? Start speaking. Okay, we're speaking. We're moving. We're advancing forward. We're looking. What are you doing? Advance forward. Is your mind made that choice? Is your heart believed? And if you believe, then there will be physical movement. <clears throat> Want to hear my, uh, my conversation with the Holy Spirit? Yes? <clears throat> As many of you know, I travel a lot. A lot. And one of the questions <clears throat> in my evangelism one of the biggest questions is most people who have loved ones, their friends, they would bring their friend to the church and their friend would have a sickness, something like that. You know, they would have a problem, right? Maybe they were sick and they would have a problem. <clears throat> and their friend is not a believer in Christ, right? And their friend would tell them, if God heals me, then I will believe. Right? Yeah, have you, has anybody ever dealt with that? Has God, if God heals me, or if God solves my situation, then I will believe. Has anybody dealt with that before? I have. And that used to bother me. I remember one time I had prayed for this lady. There, there their family wanted her to believe in God so much, but she was sick. And, and, and the lady said, I'll believe in God if he, if he can prove himself. If, if he'd heal me, I'll believe in him. And you know what? We prayed and prayed, and God did not heal her. And I felt terrible. I said, God, I've seen you heal so many people. How come? And I just let that pass and just... About a week or so ago, I was sitting in my home office and I started praying and, and that question came in my heart. And I said, God, how come I've seen you do so many miracles? How come oftentimes I see people ask you that question? Lord, God, if you're real, God, you heal me and I'll believe. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I can sense him in this soft voice, almost crying. And he started sharing with me, and I started shedding tears. And he said, I want to give you an example. I said, okay. Take that same logic, that same logic. If you heal me or if you solve my situation, I believe in you. Take that same logic. What if your wife, when you first were dating her, she said, Lam, I'll marry you if you give me a million dollars. Or I'll marry you if you give me a house. He said, what would you feel then? And I thought, well, I wouldn't feel good, Lord. He said, see, the problem isn't that I don't want to. The problem is, is somewhere along the line, the enemy will give them a contract that they think is better than my contract. Because Jesus was brought up at the mountain. And the enemy, the devil, said, 
Look at the kingdoms of the world. If you serve me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the earth. See, the problem with us is this, is because we don't see the beautiful heaven. What we see is only with our physical eyes. That's why the Bible says to walk not by sight, but by faith. And see, the enemy will always come and give you something physical that's temporary. And God is saying, I have greater things for you. And there's many people like that. God, if I would believe in you more if you give me this. I believe you more if you do this. I give you, I tithe, and I give you offering. How come you don't do this? But what you don't understand is true love has nothing to do with contractual things. What it has to do is say, God, I love you because I just love you. Not because of the houses and the money, but it's because you gave me the greatest gift. You know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, while they want me to heal them, and that's great, and I could do it. While they want me to do this or do that, but what they don't know is I love them so much that I gave them the best thing they ever, I ever had, and that was my son. My son. That he was loving them so much that he died for them. That in him, they live and move and have their being. Oh, brothers and sisters, don't get distracted with what's going on with your eyes. Don't get distracted by what, who is here and who's not here. How come this? How come that? Brothers and sisters, if only we know that our heaven, our kingdom, like Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Don't look for temporary physical satisfaction, but look for true relationship in Jesus. Just imagine that. Would you want somebody to love you because it's some kind of a contract? What if somebody else comes and give them a bigger house? What if someone else comes and give them a, more money? You don't want people to love you like that. You want people to love you just because they love you. And as a pastor, I'm just sharing my heart. As a pastor, sometimes, Pastor, I come here because, <clears throat> well, it's not for me anymore. Because there's bigger lights and bigger buildings and bigger this and bigger that. No. You see, for me, and I hope it's for you, because I love people, because God loved me. And God loves you, because there's always bigger and better. Don't get distracted in that, because your kingdom and my kingdom is not of this world. Let us stand.